0: Hello, I'm Peter Pan, and this is Kill My Darlings, an interactive fantasy writing podcast. I do believe in fairies. Hello, I'm Hayden Rogers, and this week I'm going to look back on all the past nine episodes and make some decisions about the way the story is going to move forward based on all the feedback and discussions we've had so far. Why now? Well, because this is the last episode of Kill My Darlings for a little while. I started working on this podcast in July this year, and now that it's mid-November... I think it's time to take a little break from constant content creation. Firstly, it'll give me more time to actually write. And secondly, give me a chance to refocus and figure out where the show goes from here. I think this is actually a really important part of the process. I mean, reflection from feedback was kind of one of the main premises of this show in the first place. But we've spoken a lot about how I could Maybe go this way with something or cut that other thing out completely. So I think in order to move forward, I need to make some actual decisions. If you haven't listened to all of the episodes so far, you might get a little bit lost. So best to keep this one for last. Though, as always, I still want your feedback. If you think I'm making the wrong choice, you know, let me know. Write in on the blog at Hayden Rogers, that's R-O-D-G-E-R-S dot net slash killmydarlings or contact me on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, or Twitter at killmydarlingspodcast or email in via killmydarlingspodcast at gmail.com. So, without further ado, let's get straight into it. And, as always, my forever disclaimer... Everything in this podcast is subject to change because that's kind of the whole dang point of it. In episode one, Kill My Story, I spoke about the general concepts that are driving my novel. I think most of these will still stand up. I said I wanted to play with the expected elements and tropes of fantasy, and if anything, that has really been a guiding principle throughout the series so far. I think. In the back of my mind, it's really one of the things that I keep asking myself, is this tropey? How can I shake things up? It's a good angle to come from, I think. And similarly, the question, is this progressive enough, also underpins a lot of my work. Really, there's quite a lot of overlap between those two concepts. Progressiveness and anti-tropeness <laughs> That's sort of quite related. One idea I brought up in this episode, and that was discussed quite a bit in listener feedback was that I wasn't sure whether or not I would have human-like races other than, well, humans. Um, you know, initially talking about elves and dwarves and things, which I definitely wanted to avoid um, as we spoke about Tolkienism and how that's a unspoken fantasy standard. So far, my answer is looking like a no. I am definitely into exploring cultural differences between different human groups, but at this stage I'm not sure that there is really a reason to introduce different races. I'm not saying it's a definite no, but I need a reason plot-wise to introduce multiple races, and at this point I think it's more of an embellishment with not much of a reason. To cap off episode one, I had said that I wanted to mirror contemporary issues in the story, And that hasn't really changed at all. In fact, I think it's really become a driving motivator for even writing the story. Moving on to episode two, Kill My Main Character, we discussed the kind of person I want to write for my leading character. Specifically, I decided that I wanted to write a gay man of color in the leading role. For the most part, I am still confident in this decision. And there's not been any feedback to the contrary that I can think of. I just feel like, for me, it's a character I want to see and I want to write. However, as I've been writing short stories, I've been writing a lot more female characters, and I like it. I think it opens up a whole wide world of interesting characters. It feels interesting and unexpected. I always intended to do this, but I can see it really taking shape. Fantasy is usually a male-heavy genre, and... One of my missions was to write more female characters as part of that wider mission to shake up fantasy. I was initially timid, if you remember, because I I wanted to do it right, but now I'm growing more confident. So as a result of this, I haven't ruled out the idea of following multiple perspectives and narratives in the one book, or even sharing the leading position with a female character. I wish I could say I had made a decision at this point, but I haven't. However, it's something that's in my mind moving forward. The other question from this episode was about the chosen one trope and whether I'd be using it. I was pretty clearly against it in that episode, and I still am. The short answer is I'm not using it. The long answer is that I'm more interested in seeing ordinary people or people with genuine skill achieving great things because of their effort and because of the support they have. And by the same token... I want to explore what they fail to do, or what happens without their help. In episode 3, Kill My Magical Science, we covered what you might call the physics of magic. Actually, that could have been a better episode title. I never liked this episode title. The main idea was that magic is a physical energy that exists. Sort of like if our world had evolved with an all-pervasive subatomic particle, which could be harnessed by humans and creatures alike, and called magic. Feedback has been good for this, and I think this idea is quite fundamental to the direction the story is now taking. I think in later episodes, it gets to find a bit better in terms of where the world is with its discoveries. In fact, it's in the next episode, episode four, Kill My Setting. So let's talk about that at the same time. The concept is this sort of industrial revolution of magic. Stylistically, it leans into the steampunk genre, and explores the idea that modern technology and its relationship with magic is changing class structures, breaking down elitism, and barriers to magic in some ways. But it's also industrialising and commodifying magic and damaging traditions and expertise. I'm really fascinated by this social environment, and I'm certainly going to explore it. I also think it's a really complementary setting to plots I'm exploring. If anything, I'd say it's developed further since this episode and through my short stories, and it's less about steampunk and more about these dynamics, which will inevitably liken the style to steampunk. I have no issue with this, but it seems like steampunk was more of a jumping off point now. A darling that I'm still holding onto is the term magician as a general term for a magic user, though now I think it would specifically refer to someone with a magic-based occupation, which not all people would have, or perhaps they use magic in their job, but that is more as an aid rather than because it's magically based. Basically, a magician is someone who is accomplished in a field of magical study or work, and we outlined the magical fields much later down the line. I think this word is familiar to people, and it sounds occupational to me, and partially, I also think I've just gotten used to it, which may be a problem, I think I'm kind of numb to how it might feel or sound to an outside ear. So if you hate it or have strong feelings about it, let me know. So the idea of a more scientific approach to magic coupled with this setting, I think is quite complementary. I think they're symbiotic and to change one would quite fundamentally affect the other. I think the biggest unknown is just exploring the world in more depth. As I've been writing short stories, I can feel it come to life a bit more and shift into focus. I will say it's not 100% clear yet, and I still struggle to imagine what the city, uh, which I imagine will be the main location of the novel, will actually look like. Sometimes I think we might move in an even more modern direction than steampunk, but this is a question that can only be answered by time and thought. Episode 5, Kill My Spell Casting, outlined the concept of how people harness this magical energy and cast spells, mainly that there is no one way to do things, and it's all about finding a method that helps you mentally form a spell that you then impose on the physical world through your mental link with this magical energy. I think that this has shifted slightly in a later episode, but I think it's for the better. I'm going to jump out of my chronological order here and also talk about episode 7, Kill My Wand law as well, because this plays a big part. I think the shift has been towards a middle ground of these two ideas. In a rather big piece of Darling Killing, brought on by Community Feedback, I have decided that we don't need the terminology of magic wands, or really that lore. Which is a big decision for me because I was really into this idea, which has been hanging around with me for years and years. But the idea that people would have special items which they frequently use for multiple spells still stands, because it makes sense. It makes sense that people might use and reuse familiar physical items in their casting process, especially because of the premise in episode 5, where we discuss spells as a kind of recipe. I think purely physical or purely verbal or text-based or, well, you know, the list goes on, spell casting that's purely one thing would still exist but I think it might be more of a cultural or practice-specific style. And as I said, I think cultural variance is what I want to explore more than different fantasy races. And this would be one of the big areas that I would be exploring. In terms of how I've described spellcasting, I think that firstly, we have established that not everywhere or everyone will cast spells in the same way. However, as I've been writing these short stories, I'm slowly uncovering an interesting way to describe spell casting. I think that the story in episodes eight and nine have started moving closer to this hybrid of all the ideas so far and something I'm really interested in refining. To clarify, this is the hybrid between the wand lore episode and the spell casting episode. Basically, I think the guiding principle has become think of a cute, unique way that cognitively makes sense for that character to cast a spell. Episode 6, Kill My Cosmology, was an interesting episode for me, because it remains the episode that I had the least confidence about when I wrote it. I had a lot of ideas to throw up in the air, and now I think they've landed. To jog your memory, we spoke about the presence of spirits and the layout of the universe, namely, that there is an otherworld cosmological model and an in-between layer between these physical and magical worlds. Let's start with The Darling Killing, The big one is the idea of spirits. I had some feedback that confirmed this one for me, and I don't think spirits should be commonplace beings, as I described in episode 6. Maybe they don't exist at all, or if they do, they remain mystical. I think if they do exist, we still hold on to the idea that they are somehow corporeal, and perhaps formed from magic but overall I'm ditching the idea of spirits because I don't think it vibes particularly well with the other ideas I'm exploring. I also don't see what it actually adds to the world in the context of the issues and plots I'm looking at, and that's a big point in Darling Killing. It would be a pretty superfluous system to flesh out and integrate into the world building and writing for really no particular reason. If you think about it, everything up until this point has been about making magic a tangible and measurable phenomenon and while that was also the intention with spirits i don't think that ever came to fruition and as i said doesn't really need to however i am keen to keep the ideas of the wider cosmology in particular i really want to lock in the idea of an in-between layer that dream world we spoke about which you can enter astrally or maybe even physically Whether or not that is actually an in-between layer between two worlds, or just a layer in of itself, is, I guess, another question. I still like the other world concept. I still like the idea that there is a magic realm. My issue is it feels unformed to me. What does it look like? What is its function? I do have some answers to the latter question. And I think perhaps human exploration into the other world could be a very cool plot point in the book and in line with our other themes of human exploration or exploration of magic. So to me, the other world is also an idea that stays and just needs to be developed. Getting close to the end now, in episode eight, Kill My Police, we discussed a sort of privatized police force called the Cloak and Dagger Company and installing them as a third-party threat or obstacle in the plot. Having written a couple of short stories, including The Cloak and Dagger Company, I can safely say that they feel very right in the world. That is, potentially just because it feels really good to have defined power structures and a clear good guys versus bad guys situation to draw on. However, beyond that, I think it suits the setting really well, and also any stylization that I might draw on from the noir genre which I mentioned, I think, in the first episode and am still intent on using, but mostly for plot building reasons. I think the biggest thing I want to change about The Cloak and Dagger Company is the colour of the uniforms. I mentioned in another episode that I had read an article about deconstructing the idea that evil had to be black, and it got me thinking about how usually any form of enforcement is actually clearly marked, not surreptitious. So I'm thinking that perhaps some higher ranked cloaks are in black, but the agents, which if you remember are like the foot soldiers, would perhaps be in a red or blue cloak. Otherwise, I'm really happy with the organization structure which I laid out. Last but not least, in episode 9, Kill My Schools of Magic, we went through a pretty extensive list of all the different magical specializations you could have, comparing them to professional skills in the way that you would attribute them to yourself. I also covered the class implications of each specialization. The big question I had coming away from that episode was whether or not people would enjoy the detail and depth of the list, or whether it would feel overwhelming and overcomplicated. Well, the feedback I've gotten so far has been really positive. A lot of people really enjoyed the complexity, though it was pointed out that it is a lot to absorb all at once. It was suggested that if that level of information was slowly and thoughtfully disseminated throughout the rest of the plot it'd be very interesting and enjoyable world building. I think that will definitely be the intention. I can't reasonably think of a situation where I could just jump all that knowledge onto a reader anyway but potentially you wouldn't be explicitly told all the information at all. It would more inform the writing and I think it'd be something where you might not get the full picture over the course of one novel unless for some reason the characters had a need to interact with the magician of every single school of magic. But I'm really pleased that people have found it interesting. That's a win. And I think it ultimately makes sense that humans would have pretty stringently categorized everything because we love to do it. And that brings us to the end of the summary. That's all the episodes from one to nine. I can't believe how much and Really, how little we've covered since July. If you have any feedback at all on the choices I've made and the direction that the story is going, don't hesitate to write into the blog at Hayden Rogers, that's R O D G E R S dot net slash kill my darlings to leave your thoughts on this week's episode blog. You can also leave your thoughts on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr. Just search for Kill My Darlings podcast or find the links for any of these things in the description. If you'd like to email more, send it in to killmydarlingspodcast at gmail.com. Now, the show will likely return next year, but in the meantime, I bet you know at least one friend who would love this podcast. You're probably thinking of them right now. You might even have thought of sending this podcast to them before. You know what? There's nothing I like more than when a friend recommends something they just knew I'd love. I think it's time that you sent that message. And if you like this show and you want to show your support, please consider becoming a patron of the Kill My Darlings podcast on patreon.com. Again, just search that or hit the link below. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to killing some darlings with you soon. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen.